transforming care through genomic medicine, personalized therapeutics, health services and outcomes research, and innovations in healthcare delivery. We're Children's Mercy Kansas City, presenting our audio interview series, Transformational Pediatrics, with host Dr. Michael Smith. And our topic today is Women Ahead of Their Time, the life and legacy of the Berry Sisters. My guest is Dr. Jane Knapp. Dr. Knapp is Chair of Graduate Medical Education for Children's Mercy. She was also one of the first physicians in the U.S. to be fellowship trained in pediatric emergency medicine. Dr. Knapp, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Dr. Mike. So, the Berry Sisters, tell me about these two women and how they started Children's Mercy. Yeah, so the Berry Sisters, I think of them um, by their final names, Alice Berry Graham and Catherine uh, Berry Richardson. Uh, They were born in pre-Civil War America. Alice was the older sister. She was born in 1850 in uh, Pennsylvania, and Catherine was eight years her junior, so 1858 in Flat Rock, Kentucky. Uh, They lost their mother early in their life. Catherine was only um, three. Uh, Their father was an interesting man. He was an outspoken abolitionist, uh, joined the Union Army, uh, and after the Civil War, he was left to raise um, his daughters. There were actually three daughters, a middle daughter um, was not involved in medicine. Um, So the girls went on to high school uh, and then to college, and they had an interesting arrangement. Uh, Alice uh, paid for Catherine to go to medical school, and when Catherine graduated, uh, she paid for Alice to go to dental school. When they finished, they (laughs) had to decide what they were going to do with their life. So the the legend goes, or the story goes, they flipped a coin up in the air, and where it landed on a map is where they would go. So it actually landed on La Crosse, Wisconsin. But for whatever reason, the sisters didn't stay there very long, and by the early 1890s, they'd moved to Kansas City. And they attempted to set up their their practices. Alice, her dental practice, she set up a chair in their home, and uh, Catherine made house calls. Uh, then one day, Alice received a call about uh, an abandoned um, five-year-old little girl who was sick and needed help, and she answered that call. Uh, they rented a hospital bed for the little girl and nursed her uh, back to health. And something in that act of, of healing kindness, you might say, act of mercy even, uh, made them uh, realize their calling, that there was a gap, as we might describe today, in the, the care of children. And so they founded a children's hospital in wow. 1897. They started out just with rented beds and moved gradually to larger and larger buildings until we have the health system we have today. That's uh, what an awesome story. Now, I, so this question came from Children's Mercy, and so I'm a mm-hmm. little curious myself. It talks about them being a um, a bit controversial. Mm-hmm. What, is, what mm-hmm. does that really mean? <laughs> well, I, I think it's actually even more than a bit controversial. So you have to think back to the times. We're talking uh, uh, women who uh, were outspoken. Um, at a time when uh, that's not how people uh, uh, looked at women. They were women professionals. They'd been shunned um, by the traditional medical community that is um, not allowed to be admitted to the medical staff. They weren't welcome in the professional societies, and so they were always sort of swimming upstream in terms of, of society. And when they started this children's hospital, they started it for poor children. And they started it with uh, nothing, two women without much money, um, but with a sort of a, a fire in their belly, we might say, to uh, 
to help kids who needed it most. And we know from records of the time that there were political cartoons that show the sisters dressed in, um, like, housekeeping uh, clothes, uh, trying to do just about every job needed in a children's hospital. They were also controversial in that um, Catherine especially was not afraid to go out and challenge the leaders of the community in terms of what they were doing. Uh, for children and um, and ask for their support, ask for money because they needed uh, money, they needed uh, food, linens, um, bedding, almost uh, continuously. And thirdly, uh, if I'm on number three, I wasn't really counting, uh, they were the social conscience of the community. So in their outspokenness, they called attention to the, the plight of poor children, especially children who with physical disabilities who had been largely forgotten by society. So, uh, yeah, they, they sort of rattled some chains right. in Kansas City. So, so from the first um, child that they helped to the actual hospital being established. How, how much time were we talking there? So that's, uh, you know, when you mean when they rescued the child off the street? Yeah. I don't yeah. know an exact date for that, but I'd say it went pretty quickly because, you know, we're talking probably less over the course of, if I had a guess, less than a year when they really... Um, there's a quote where um, Alice said to her younger sister, Catherine, uh, Something needs to be done for these children, and Catherine, I think you and I are the ones to do it. So, I'd wow. say, uh, I'd say they pretty uh, quick. Yeah, they had their vision <laughs> and they went for it. Yeah. Now, so there was a um, a priority for them, right? That was the the nursing school. Yeah. Why Why did they make that a priority? So, why did they make the nursing school a priority? Well, you know, to me, um, it's common sense. Um, the sisters were smart, and they knew if they were going to run a hospital uh, and take um, the care that they wanted to take care of children that they needed, nurses were an essential part of, of what they needed uh, to do. And so uh, knowing that, and I think uh, being women and, and understanding um, uh, where nurses were in their professional development at the time, uh, they knew it had to be a priority to accomplish what they wanted to accomplish. So uh, to me, uh, it's just an indication that uh, that they saw things clearly, they were smart, and they knew what they had to do. So when, so when you think back to uh, the Barry sisters and you think about mm-hmm. what, what, they've, what they did, what they accomplished, and, and, and look where you're at today, right, with Children's mm-hmm. Mercy, um, one of the top um, you know, children's hospitals in the country, what, 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 what do these sisters mean to you and what do they mean to Children's Mercy? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, the, the more I know about them in terms of researching what things were, um, what our society was, what things were like at the time, the more... I am in awe of of what they accomplished. So one of the important things um, that uh, is kind of an intangible, but the sisters were raised by their father to to be community advocates. But in that role as advocates, they had an expectation that the community would help out, that they would be partners. And I think this culture of partnership between the community and the hospital that they created – way back in the early 1900s, has endured over time. And that's been a tremendous um, asset um, to our hospital and perhaps their greatest legacy. Uh, For me as a physician, 
Um, and I think many of my physician colleagues here at Children's Mercy are attracted to the fact that the sisters um, pledged their hospital to be for all children, regardless of race, gender, um, or ability to pay. And we still try to, um, well, we still do, um, hold to to all of those um, beliefs, and it's incredibly fulfilling as a physician to to work in a place that um, that upholds those beliefs um, for equitable care for all children. Yeah, do you do you know, Doctor Knapp, if you know since, since these were you know two women um, at a time when you know it was tough for women to get into any sort of professional field mm-hmm. when they were establishing the 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 hospital. What what kind of support were they getting? I mean, what was this? This must have been a struggle, I assume, just oh. to get things going, mm-hmm. based on they were just. I mean, what, do you have any insight on that? Well, I think it was a monumental s- struggle, um, but you know, um, they were able to find like-minded people, and by 1906, um, uh, they had found a physician, a native Kansas City, his Kansas City, and his name was Robert McEwen Schaffler. Um, who became the first uh, male member of the medical staff and a stalwart kind of backbone um, of the medical staff as well. And many other physicians followed Robert Schaffler. So even though we said the sisters, especially Catherine, was controversial, um, there were people who shared um, their mm-hmm. um, their mission and um that's really what made it work. That that they attracted like-minded people who had respect for them, and and that made it happen. Yeah. And the same thing is true for the say the philanthropists in the community. There were people who scoffed at them, but there were also people who uh, made big donations. There were hundreds of clubs uh, populated by um, uh, usually women that uh, had sort of special clinics that they looked out for or made uh, food for the hospital. So it was little gifts and big gifts that really added up to um, uh, helping them make it at a time when it was extremely difficult. Yeah. I always find it interesting, Dr. Knapp, that the greatest institutions in our countries, whether they be universities, hospitals, they always have the greatest stories Mm -hmm. of how they got started. I just think Mm -hmm. this is one of them. So I want to thank you, Dr. Knapp, for coming onto the show and sharing the life and legacy of the Berry Sisters. You're listening to Transformational Pediatrics of Children's Mercy, Kansas City. For more information, you can go to childrensmercy.org. That's childrensmercy.org. I'm Dr. Mike Smith. Thanks for listening.